Welcome back to Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. I'm Andrew. And this is our bi-week episode, kind of a mid-season grading review. Obviously, we're well over halfway through the year, but our bi is late, which is, I think, a good thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Seems like players typically want a later bye week obviously, because it's a break from weeks and weeks of uh games and practices and um yeah so we have a, we have a late bye week i don't even know do people have a bye in week be 13 14 when did the bye stop i don't know i'd have to see <clears throat> but yes we are 6 and 6 uh still the 60 seed in the nfc um Kind of all the teams we needed to lose yesterday did not, but it did nothing to our overall standings, which is good. Um, You know, we still control our own destiny. So that's only only people we have to blame are ourselves if we don't successfully make the playoffs. Yeah. So. Win and you're in. Win and you're in, indeed. Um, All right. Today, what we will be doing is we'll give be giving an overall grade halfway through or through 12 weeks to the offense, to the defense, and then to the overall team. So kind of, you know, combining the two, um, unless you feel special teams is. Nope. Significantly. I'll I'll give it a special teams grade F. (laughs) Actually, Hayes, I would not disagree with you on that. And you'll find out why, because we'll also be doing top five, you know, impactful players top five overall players i don't know how we want to phrase it um and then our bottom five least impactful or most disappointing or just bums all together yep. as hayes likes to say and then i think that's it yeah grades couple rankings um and yeah, we'll add anything, or I'm sure other things will be brought up as we talk, but should be a pretty good episode if I do say so. You do say so. Okay. Yep. Andrew, um, let's 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 start with you, baby. Let's do um let's get let's start with the overall grade for the six and six Vikings team for the offense. It's a B minus. Um Anything under a B minus would be disrespectful, but anything over a B minus would be um, too much. So That's you feel like B minus is you, perfect. You, you you feel you've n- nailed it on the head. Yes, now because I'm kind of Andrew did join late. <laughs> the first couple of weeks they kind of struggled, um, or I guess really the first week. But while Kirk was there, I was looking like a top five offense. With Kirk Jefferson, the O line, I mean, fully healthy, so that's why it's a B minus. Although it's been quite disappointing these last two weeks, turnovers have been a major issue, um, and we haven't seen a ton of consistency. The ground game's pretty bit been pretty bad, and now the offense looks like maybe the worst in the league at the moment. That's why it's like it's hard to tell, just because not I not the worst in the league, maybe worse in the NFC. Patriots close, yeah. are undoubtedly the worst offense we've seen. 
They're disgusting. I'm pretty sure they play primetime next week. Or three three soon. straight losses for the Patriots, despite uh, the defense giving up 10 or fewer points. Yeah. Don't that worry. We can see Bailey Zappi versus Mitch Trubisky on Thursday Night Football. <laughs> oh, is that this da-da, week? Da-da. Time for the worst game on primetime. No, I lost my train of thought. So thank you. Thank you You're a welcome. lot. Thank you a lot. But no, I mean, that's that's pretty much my explanation. So not good, good. not great. Right it's hard. It's hard just because yeah, the, there's no Kirk and there hasn't been Jefferson for most of the year. B Hayes, minus, I want to hear yours. I am curious so, on Hayes's. Yeah, he's I think this is right it's on like the a head D. with the fact that this is the worst offense in the league, <laughs> and that's why I'm Hayes, giving him. A I'm gonna, I'm gonna quick. Okay. Start again. This Sorry. Start again. This is a C. Turnovers have been a joke. This team leads the NFL in turnovers. That's unacceptable with the so-called top five offense that they were talking about beginning of the year. Um, And we can say, well, you know, we don't have Cousins, we don't have Jefferson. That is going to hurt any team when you lose two big names like that. But they weren't good at the beginning of the season. You know, they were putting up points, but they were losing games that they shouldn't have lost. You know, two home losses the first three weeks against teams that are both now under 500 and looking like garbage. Um, And it was because you were – you were losing the game. You were you were hurting yourself um, with turnovers. So that, that's that's why I have it as a C. They were supposed to be a top five offense. Turnovers have made them really really bad and cost them a lot of games. And I don't think there's a game this season where the defense has lost it. It's been the offense losing losing the games for this team. Hayes, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I completely one hundred percent agree with you. I have it also at a C. Um, I was even debating maybe even a C minus to be honest. I was even thinking a, a C a C minus, maybe a D plus, but I decided to do C-. I couldn't get I couldn't get to D plus because of the reason that uh you were above you still are in, in an above average offense looking at yards and points. You were above average uh with Kirk and JJ despite going 0-3 to start the year. Um so I couldn't go D, but I think you nailed it in the sense of the expectations where this is going to be a top five offense. Obviously you weren't going to be a top five offense with no JJ. You were not going to be a top five offense when Kirk went down. Um, And there, you know, a C because overall they've been very, very average when you level it out because, you know, you put up 30 points against the Falcons with a backup quarterback, third third string quarterback. You put up almost 30 points against the the Saints, same with a backup quarterback, uh, no JJ. But you also failed to put up 20 points against a terrible Bears team at the time. Their defense is looking better. And a terrible Panthers defense uh, with Kirk and JJ. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I don't – I think I think the expectations was this was going to be a top five. You take a step forward uh, by signing TJ Hawkinson, having him for a full year. And, you know, obviously JJ's continues to be in his prime. Kirk was putting up MVP numbers, but uh, even so we weren't even a top 10 offense with all those weapons to start the season because of the turnovers. Um, And, and, you know, that's, that's an offensive category that you, you need to take care of the football. You're not taking care of the football. I don't care how many yards as Mackie always says yards per game we have. Uh, If you're turning over the football, offensively you're not a top top five top 10 offense so i 100 percent agree with hayes that this offense in the in the first 12 games is a average c offense so andrew how does that make you feel 
I think it's all right. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't like that you two are on the same page. But She's quiet. She's quiet. I don't know who she is. Who? Oh, almost had to. Granted, with that being said, obviously, you know, the last two weeks, I, I definitely was expected Hayes to give the offense an overall F, but he did look at the entire, you know, 12 weeks. The last two weeks is a deserving F. Um, but I'd say the two weeks prior, you could have argued for an A because they're putting up 25 plus points with no weapons against above average defenses. So it's a weird, it's a weird team, which we've kind of said all year. They're just Mm -hmm. very confusing. Um, all right. So we got two C's, a B minus overall grade to the defense. We'll start with Hayes this time. Okay. Uh, I have it at an A minus, uh, really good year from Brian Flores comes in, inherits one of the worst defenses in the league turns them around to be top 10 in most important categories, yards per play, yards per game, points per game. Um, and he's doing without really adding anyone in the offseason. Um, he's just utilizing players' talents like Hunter and Metellus. So, yeah, you know, this team, I think, is 6-6 six and six because they have a really good defense. <laughs> you know, I, I think the defense cool. is the way it was last year. They'd probably be 3-7 and seven right now with how bad the turnovers have been. Oh, for sure. Three, three and seven. If we're, or I guess not three, that's 10 games. So three and nine. Three and nine. Yeah. yeah three and nine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very, very good points. A minus, um, I think is a fair grade. I have them at a B plus <clears throat> um, only because I think, you know, I, I would agree that I don't think any uh, games, have been lost because of the defense, but there have been some moments in which uh, you really, really need a defensive stop and they have not been able to provide that for you, which is why I couldn't quite give them an A because they haven't been. um, They're they're a fringe top 10 defense overall. I think they're 13th in yards per game. They're eighth in points per game. Obviously they've kept us in many games. They've allowed us to win games because they've made crucial, because they've been good through through you know 45 50 of the 60 minutes of the game um but i'm thinking obviously not the defensive uh fault against the bears or the broncos by any means but there were some stops that we really needed to have that they couldn't deliver when it mattered most and you know it's overall it's a team game so uh those moments hurt and i looked up we are the worst fourth down defense in the entire nfl 66% of the time teams are converting on fourth down against us, That's which, you know, tiny stat, but it's, it, it goes with the point that I just made was when you really desperately need a stop, they're failing to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also a hundred percent agree. Flores has taken a terrible bottom tier defense and made it incredibly competitive um, with, mm-hmm. like you said, not really adding anything other than utilizing their talent. So B plus for me. I mean, they did add one of the best corners in the league in Byron. Murphy. Nope. 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 He, he's actually, he's a joke. And I, I, I would look to trading him in the off season. Uh, was it a one or two? Oh, no. it was a two year contract. Wasn't it? Hell, I think it might've even been a three. <laughs> he's literally it, it, good. Like, I don't know why you guys hate him. 
he's not good. He's he's average to below average. He is good if he was playing in the USFL. It's not true. Andrew, what do you but, got? What do you got for overall defensive grade for 12 weeks into the year? I'm giving them an A minus like Hazen. Um both made great points. And I think, yeah, like the biggest thing is he's or Flores has kind of made this defense um ten times better than last season without really adding much. Like, yeah, there are some pieces that are new. Um, but it's obviously a much more like fast physical defense. And beginning of the year they were not great against the Eagles and the Chargers. Those first couple of weeks were a struggle, but I think that was really just like getting into it. And now the last couple of weeks, like it is in my opinion, top 10, top five defense. Um, barely held the Bears to anything. Broncos couldn't really do much. They had one one touchdown, um, but it's done everything we've kind of asked and expected and wanted and exceeding our expectations. Yeah, I, I was just about to say, I think he's done more than what we've asked and wanted. Yeah, um, that's why it's an A-. minus. The one thing is, yeah, like you talked about, the crucial stops plus we – barely generate any takeaways um and when you're turning over you're turning over the ball as much as we have been i feel like a couple more takeaways and maybe we have one more win or something but overall yeah very positive defense that's a that's a good point about the takeaways again i think that's it's a unfair expectation but yeah when the offense is so bad and, and creating so many turnovers you have to kind of uh i don't know Increased expectations or, or have even some unfair, like unfair expectations. We force a lot of fumbles and we just don't recover them. I swear, like, especially in crucial games. Mm-hmm. Like when, what, what game was that against the Broncos? I think it happened. Maybe even against the Bears. I know there was one fumble that they didn't even look at against the Bears. Um, I think it was still like a third down stop, so they were punting. So, like, it would have been a, a pointless challenge but yes to your point um uh, i mean the 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 defense has definitely won us i mean the 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 panthers game you won by one score thanks to a defensive touchdown i want to say the bears game in chicago was the same boat you won by one score and you got a defensive uh touchdown so yeah they did you got a defensive touchdown against either of the last two weeks. You're looking at a, uh, what, eight and four team. <laughs> yeah. So a lot, a lot of coulda, woulda, shoulda. Two of the eight turnovers. Yes. No, I know. A lot of coulda, woulda, shouldas. But, um, all right. So, Hayes, you and I were on the same page for the offense, but obviously we were all very similar. Same thing with the defense. Um, so overall grade for the six and six, six seed Minnesota Vikings. I have it at a B minus. I too have it at a B minus. Andrew? Oh. B. Oh, oh, nice. Let's hear from Andrew. Well, it's not a B minus. Um, it's not a B plus. It's a B. Thanks. <laughs> okay. No, yeah. but. Um, you that. I think if it was if Kirk was healthy and we were six and six, uh, the grade would be lower, but it's not. And we had Josh Dobbs play for now four games, and we're still the sixth seed and right in the playoff contention. So it's like, 
you can't really grade them that much lower than a B just because like they have exceeded I don't know it's hard it's very tricky but it is they've exceeded certain expectations but they've also failed expectations in a lot of ways but that's also because it's kind of skewed because of injuries um but if you told us when Kirk went down that we were still to succeed with four weeks left or four or five weeks left um maybe six weeks I don't know um I'd be pretty happy and I would say yeah O'Connell's doing a pretty pretty good job and he's a pretty pretty good coach okay, what's with all the pretty oh I'm just making sure Hayes knows that O'Connell's like a pretty good coach and he, yeah he definitely we're lucky is. to have him I'm gonna just say this real quick I give it a B minus you're making the claims that O'Connell is a great head coach you know blah 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 yes. all stuff you know I think he's you know getting over it he's maybe top 15 okay head in the league no you look at the offensive masterminds that everyone puts O'Connell in the same group as them. Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel, uh, Andy Reid. Um, and then you see what those guys do when people get injured. Last year, Mike McDaniel put different people into his system and succeeded with it making the playoffs. Nearly went on the road, beat Buffalo with Skylar Thompson, at quarterback. The year uh, Last year, Kyle Shanahan. Loses a lot of people, loses his starting quarterback, takes the last pick in the draft. They go on, win a bunch of games. I think Purdy went 10 and 0 in his first 10 starts, make it to the conference championship game. Oh, but Kevin O'Connell, Kevin O'Connell loses a couple guys and it's okay. He can he can suck and he can be terrible offensively. But but he hasn't. He has. He has. Um last so, two so weeks have been I, bad, I just, but that's majority because of uh turnovers. And, and Josh if, Dobbs if, not knowing how to throw a football. If you look if at the Cousins, last two, go ahead. If Kirk Cousins is still the quarterback right now, I guarantee we're eight and four, and the offense is ten times better than what you think it is. Like you're acting like, no, the Purdy is a is a very small percentage of like things that happen. Like, and Mike McDaniel has a top ten pick as quarterback right now. Like what? They lost in the playoffs last year, just like we did. Good point, Andrew. And I would also argue yeah, say but, that the uh, 49ers have a significantly more talented offensive yeah. roster than we do. Roster uh, just in general. Yeah, but specifically if you're going to make the the off the Hayes is arguing that Kevin O'Connell's not nothing like Kyle Shanahan, which I would agree. Right. He has not proven himself uh like Sh- Kyle Shanahan has. I don't even think he's like McDaniel or those other offensive gurus. What has Sean McVay done the last two years? Yeah, he has a Super Bowl. I'm not going to crap on him, but... But he's had the Super Bowl and KOC was the OC. And he's found ways to win games uh, despite the fact that his teams are injured. So has O'Connell. I was going to say, Kevin O'Connell's done the exact same thing. Falcons, Saints, both good examples. Falcons and Saints are two of the most poverty teams in the league this year. One of those teams is going to make the division, win win the division to make the playoffs of the four seed at eight and nine. But I would not say they're either one are. I don't know. I don't. I, there's the definitely a lot of poverty, poverty teams. I don't know if I describe either one of those teams as poverty teams. No. Um. Uh. I I agree. You can be frustrated at times with Kevin O'Connell, especially again if you're just looking at the last two weeks. But I think you have to also look at the fact look that look at his his whole entire two years with the Vikings. And I, and I and I see a guy who's just not that impressive. He's average. He's an average. He's an average he, head coach. He he won the NFC. He won the division as his in the as uh, 
can't get it out. He won the division the in his defense first in year. Yes. He won the division in his first year as a head coach with one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Um, he's up there with like two other guys that have won more than 12 games as a rookie head coach. Um, he, if he would have won either of the last two weeks, he'd be one of the fastest head coaches to 20 wins. Um, so I, I would strongly, strongly disagree that Kevin O'Connell has under, uh, under succeeded expectations. I think it's fair to, to be frustrated at times with him, but I don't think we should, we should be writing him off as a average or below average coach right now. I, I think, think he's, he's done way more coach. good than he's done bad. Especially with what he's been given. You you're guys, you're you a current, you're a current playoff team play. without your, your, your star wide receiver and your, I would say, you know, at the, at the time MVP caliber quarterback, and you are currently a playoff team. How, how, how would that think about how the average? offense is playing with Kirk towards in the middle of the season th- th- this year? I mean, all of last year was pretty good. Like, I don't know a lot of games where you could really complain. I guess Dallas was pretty terrible, but the offense was nothing to complain about last year. And this year, the Green Bay game, as soon as Jordan Hassan scored that touchdown, I'm like, oh, we're winning the Super Bowl. But you're just <laughs> – we are. We have a Super Bowl. That at 2-4 like, and four because they beat a garbage Green Bay team that, they, that they're going to win the Super Bowl. Actually, they are 3-4 and four, just coming off of winning against San Francisco and up 24 24- – 10 on green bay or whatever it was Hayes and looking good Hayes on thursday i want you to bring a list of the 14 current nfl coaches that are better in your opinion than kevin o'connell okay i can shoot some off right now no i i want you to bring a list of 14 because you said he is middle you said he is at best 15th yeah so bring a list on thursday andrew you and i will come prepared to defend koc to the ends of the earth so are we? So so is it who is better, or is it who would I rather have as head coach? Uh, I guess probably. Who you'd probably, rather have? Yeah, I oh, guess the latter. Perfect. Okay. Interesting. So I know a division. You know, you know Dan Campbell's head coaches I'd rather have McConnell. Yeah, he's also going to put guys like Sean Payton and Belichick because Dirty they're proving themselves. I. You would rather have? Oh my gosh! You'd rather have Kevin O'Connell than Bill Belichick. Right now? Yeah. Yes. Today, currently, 100%. Okay, yeah, because coaches age like players. They lose their mojo after after a certain amount What's of time. What's Belichick done since Tom Brady left? Facts. Nothing. Belichick is the, carried... is the winningest head coach in the history of football. He has six Super Bowls, 10 appearances. What do the Vikings have? And O'Connell's a year have? and a half in, and you're already, you're already like... Dude, I just... I am shocked at the Kevin O'Connell hate, hatred. He needs to, he needs to have something. Eddie Ingram starts playing well. He needs something. <laughs> the team starts playing well. Yes. Oh my goodness. What will I do Ingram. without another first round exit? Is you just have you has two playoff wins since 2010. Oh my god. He's oh, been again. here for one year. Yep. That's right. We're we're recircling the conversation that infuriated me to the max of Hayes saying nothing has changed despite an almost any a entire roster and uh, coaching staff change. But Hayes will once again remind everyone that we have two playoff wins in the last 10 plus years. But but, but I give you examples of 
Yeah, never mind. <laughs> All right. Oh, he doesn't have examples. I just did. I give you examples of other coaches in the NFL who are better than O'Connell who can win games without having their star players. Wait, but again, and I, I agree with you, though, you, you gave just... those examples, but Kevin O'Connell is winning games without his star players. He's proven it this season. But I think he's starting to fall off, and I think the fall is going to continue. We'll find out. If we if we lose to the Raiders and then we lose to the Bengals against two backup quarterbacks of teams that are probably not going to make the playoffs, then yeah, I think we we revisit this conversation. But I think right now we're too emotional on the most recent two losses because I don't think maybe. this tune Hazen, would be happening yes. if we you know just beat the Bears and we're seven and five, which I don't think one game should de- de- decide if Kevin O'Connell is having a successful season or not. You might be right, maybe I am right. But I'll say this, the Vikings will lose by double digits against Green Bay. I hope not. But we'll hey, so it depends. A, it idiot. depends what the next three weeks look like. Put um, money on it. I I Put also I also had a B minus grade, which I think is what Hayes had. Um so even despite everything, Hayes and I are on the same page in terms of uh overall season grades um because again i i would say the the first five four games of the season you looked horrible with everyone healthy and good to go then in the middle parts you know kirk was really heating up jj was you know went off um what what week he got hurt in week five week six week five. five so um you know, finally you saw some things starting to click. Kirk was winning games without JJ. Middle part looked really good with like your weapons. And then now, you know, the, the fi- last four games, you had two really good games, Saints and Falcons, two really bad games, Bears and Broncos. So it, it's just, you know, we're slightly above average because we are currently a playoff team. I think if, if we are six and six and sitting where the Seahawks are, I'd be, you know, probably grading it slightly differently and the yeah the bears the most recent bears loss was probably one of the worst of the year the worst yeah for sure so overall it sounds like we're all kind of on the same page yeah for the most part yeah um all right andrew loves o'connell and he he loves o'connell like you love zimmer i just don't you just have a weird you bring mediocrity i just know i i will i do on thursday i want you to bring 14 coaches that you would rather have that would currently fit that you think this, that, that let's, let's do this. You bring 14 coaches that you think would make this current team better. Do, do a better job than what Kevin O'Connell's doing. Okay. I, I bet you couldn't get more than seven. That's insane. Andrew, okay. what do you think? I think he'll name them, but he doesn't believe it in his heart. I think he he knows he knows he's gonna say some crazy names. Some he's gonna bring Todd Bowles, the Buccaneers head coach. Oh. <laughs> and it's gonna be dis- Sean McVay. Yep, name the same three, three. Yep. Same I think three what, I think what Mike. I, oh, uh, Dan Campbell. I think what Mike McCarthy's doing is that da- in Dallas is pretty good. Miko Ryan's with Houston. You you would rather have threefold Mike McCarthy over smoking hot Kevin O'Connell. You know, I don't, I don't really find. Demico Ryan's is not crazy so, to say. Demico Ryan's is not crazy to say. Demico Ryan's, I think. 
I'd consider Colts head coach. Uh, not not anyone from the AFC South aside. Okay, all right. Think on it. Come prepared on Thursday. Um, let's here, start. Yeah. Let's start with the negative uh players, and then we'll you know finish with the the positive impactful ones. So let's just go. You know, around the horn, fifth, fourth, third, second, first. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Andrew, go ahead. You start. Who is your fifth? You know, least impactful, most disappointing player you hate. First or fifth is Ryan Wright. Uh, Ryan Wright, you're nothing but a big punter, um, and <laughs> you're just annoying. He can't. He can't pin anyone inside the twenty. It's either a touchback or just a terrible punt. Um, he gave us false hope last year, and I miss um, Jordan Berry. Is Jordan Berry out there? Can we quick snag him? You think he's been punting football the past year? I think he was quite old, but I think Pat McAfee currently could do a better job than Ryan Wright. Yeah, he, he definitely could. could. Ryan Wright sucks. All right, so Andrew, you have Ryan Wright as fifth. Hayes, who do you have as fifth? I have Greg Joseph. All right. Um, there's not really much else to say. I don't know why they don't ever bring anyone to compete with him. He's he's just he's not good. He's just not good um, from long distance, and it it shouldn't be where you're so where you're nervous about him kicking an extra point. But I always find myself on the edge of my feet, on the edge of my seat. Uh, when he comes up to kick an extra point. Yeah, understandable. I have both of those guys on my list, but not currently at fifth. My fifth, it's a lump sum here, okay? It's all of Quazy's defensive free agent signings. Wow. Dean Lowry, hate him so much. Don't care that he's hurt. He provided nothing. Honestly, I forgot we signed him until I was reminded over Thanksgiving when some of Liz's family had said like, Oh, you have Dean Lowry. I'm like, yeah, he's truly horrible. And they're like, yeah, we don't really miss him. Like, I don't think anyone would. No one misses him. Um, Marcus Davenport has robbed Quazy of $13 million was playing really good in the game and a half that we saw him. So that's, I think what's the most frustrating is that he has done the, the tiny, you know, probably what 5% of overall snaps this season he's given us. He actually looked like crazy nailed it. But the biggest issue that everyone said is that he's injury prone and he's proving that again. Um, $13 million for a guy who has played a game and a half is infuriating. Um, and last but not least, Andrew's favorite. I think he's below average Byron Murphy jr. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I tried to find it beforehand. I wanted to see where he ranked among current cornerbacks in the NFL and I could not find it, but looking at his PFF, which again, it's, you know, a little gray is a 56, which that's out of a hundred, which is, I mean, I think some of the best cornerbacks are in the high eighties. Um, I'm almost positive. Makai Blackman has a higher PFF and Andrew Booth Jr. have higher PFFs. Granted, they have not played nearly as many snaps as as Byron Murphy. And I would not say Byron Murphy is one of the worst cornerbacks I've ever seen, but in terms of expectations and that being one of the exciting free agent signings we are getting and what he's given us, 
well below expectations. So my fifth is a lump sum of Quasi's defensive free agent signings. Pretty good, eh? Eh? Yeah. No, I didn't like any of that. You didn't like any? What? What? what uh, I like the part about Dean Lowry, and I guess Davenport, but not Byron Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I Hayes, could you imagine if Byron Murphy had dreadlocks? What? How Andrew would think of him? I just think you guys like I you guys don't know. understand. I just don't think you understand. I just don't think you understand. Well, like how? What? Thank you for that. How yeah, much don't better? How much better he is than Shannon Sullivan, uh, Patrick Peterson, Cam Dantzler? Like he's just such an upgrade. He's top top five. He is an upgrade from some of the worst corners in the league. Top right. five in interceptions. Top five in passes deflected. He's he's not. He's literally does not like get burnt that much. He like I don't know what you guys are watching or and I guess you can look at PFF, but. I'm watching that. You, you see him make. Chargers you see him make one bad guys. play. You see him make a couple bad plays, and you have you hated him for one game, and now you'll hate him for the rest of the time he's a Viking. Which I hope is only the right remainder of this season. <laughs> I hope so too, for his for his sake. I hope he can go somewhere where he's appreciated. Yeah, he is going to go to the Shanghai Tigers. What's what's with all these XFL uh, teams That's that China? Teams? He doesn't even make the XFL. He heads to Asia to play football. Okay. I don't think he I, – I, I would disagree with Hayes in the sense that he's that bad. Um, again, I think he got a lot of excitement, a lot of hype. I think he's been below average, and, and, and rookies are playing at his level when they get, this, when, when, when they get the opportunity. And, and I think for, at this point, a fourth, fifth-year veteran, second-round pick, he should be play, playing better than he is. That's it. I just similar to what we talked about with Correa. There's certain expectations when you're, you know, been around for no. a while and you're a high pick. Yeah. He's not, he's not Carlos Correa expectations. But I'm saying the, but he's no. the Vikings. Carlos Correa is a platinum glove MVP caliber player. Pyron Murphy didn't even make it off his rookie contract. So like Yeah, because he's bad. He's below yeah, average. Because- um, all right, let's move on. Number four, Hayes, who do you got? Uh, now I got Ryan, right? Special teams is a big F. <laughs> He's a bum. Um, he was apparently super good last year. I didn't believe it. He was. Hayes, look he at the numbers. Show this year that I'm always right. Um, and the last punt, the punt last week might have yes. been the worst punt I've ever yep. seen in my life. Yep. The the final punt that allowed the bear, I believe it was like a 26-yard punt Mm-hmm. All you needed to do was inside the ten, inside the fifteen, even, and I believe they started at the twenty-two. Yeah, it was horrible. Um, I think the Vikings and Quasi should consider drafting the Iowa punter in the first round. Just gonna ignore that. Andrew, who do you got for number four? Number four is Greg Deleg. Um, so I guess me and Hayes are just flip flopped, but yeah, Greg's Greg's uh, annoying. And if he's back next year, I don't think I'll watch a single kick. I'll close my eyes because I can't watch him. He's so unbelievably annoying. Yeah. <laughs> um, my number three so teams F. Yes, good job, Ace. Yeah, no, I I would uh, completely. Well, yeah. Brandon Paul think. is saving the saving the special teams right now. And I feel like there have been some solid 
um, you know, defensive tackles on special teams, like Najee Harris or no, not Najee Harris, Najee Thompson. Um, when he doesn't completely miss a tackle, he gets down there so incredibly fast. And, and I, I can think of a few times where he has put a guy into the ground. Um, that was, you know, big, but yeah, overall, overall as a whole special teams definitely would agree is a fat F, which is my number. My number four is big boy, Ryan, right? Yeah. Um, Hayes, you mentioned that the bears punt was atrocious. Statistically, we talked about it last week. He is bottom five in terms of all ranked NFL punters. Um, he's not even punting nearly as much as he did last year. Cause you know, we're turning the ball over a significant, uh, significantly more, but he is one of the worst in terms of touchbacks. So the ball is actually entering the, uh, he, I believe he has the second most touchbacks in the entire NFL and he doesn't have anywhere even close to the, the, the number of punts he's punting, if that makes sense. So like other guys are punting it way more, which would mean that they have a greater likelihood of putting it in the end zone. And Ryan Wright is punting it significantly less than other punters. And yet is he has, he has essentially a higher percentage to get it in the, get a touchback than any other NFL punter in the, uh, currently. So number four, big boy, Ryan Wright is a mess. All right. Number three, Andrew, we'll start with you. Why do we flip order like that? But okay. Just wanted Um, to just felt like it. Number three is Dean Lowry. Uh, I had zero expectations for him, but I hate him. And um, sure. he's just, he's been so, so unbelievably bad. He's not been on the field. And I don't know why they continue to play him. I think he's uh, hurt. He literally provides nothing. I think he he's hurt. Last week. Oh, he did? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, but there's just so many, just more better options than him. Uh, and the fact that he played in Green Bay adds on to it. I don't think I'll ever like him, ever. Yeah, I kind of am going to steal Harrison's thing with just all of Kwesi's free agent signings. I was going to go with just Byron Murphy Jr. himself. And then you reminded me of how horrible Dean Lowry is and how Marcus Davenport is legally robbing the Vikings. <laughs> so I decided to throw both of those idiots back in there, too. Um, Davenport is probably going to go down as one of the worst signings in the history of sports. That was a one year deal. There's no reason that we're going to bring him back. Oh, I I hope not. Um, but we could get him cheaper. <laughs> we could get him cheaper. He probably wouldn't mind it. Um, but and Dean Lowry too is. We thought Harrison Phillips was bad last year. He's worse than last year's Harrison Phillips. Oh, um, significantly. Yeah, I I honestly think you could throw Linval Joseph out there and he'd play better than <laughs> the way Dean Lowry's playing. This is current Linval Joseph. So Kevin Williams, Kevin Williams has lost like 20 pounds since his playing days. He still probably would be a better wall than Dean Lowry. Probably. And he's probably in his mid forties. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, all right. Hey, I appreciate that. I thought it was, I thought it was a good take. So I liked your bouncing off of it. Um, I would say Andrew, I don't know how you could pick Dean Lowry as the third worst Viking when he is just such a non-factor. Like he's bad, but like, you started with, I had no expectations anyway. Well, yeah, we yeah. all did because he <laughs> came over and was already a bum. 
It wasn't yes, like Byron is. Murphy, who I had expectations to not be a fool. And he or Davenport, where like you're like maybe maybe he'll play ten games. Yeah. I uh, think he might beat his sack record, his single season or his last year's sack sack record. Which was oh, he did sack last year. And I think he has one and a half this year already. This year, well. in his in his one and a half games that he's played. So he's making. I think he's making close to ten million per sack over the last couple of years, <laughs> which is, would be great. Insane. It's a great gig. Um, my number three is who you guys already talked about, Greg the Leg. Um, you know, multiple. Again, same thing statistically. He is bottom 10% out of all NFL kickers. Um, some of the guys who are worse than him are guys who are not even on the team anymore. The Rams cut Brett Maher, who uh, has a worse field goal and extra point percentage than Greg the leg. But uh, we apparently, for whatever reason, still love having Greg the leg and his ability to be perfect, you know, a couple times a year, nail, nail, you know, 50 yard here and there and then go on a cold streak for about three to four weeks so my number three is greg because at this point you know what you're gonna get mm-hmm. a 85 percent extra point kicker which is i mean just again bottom of the league yeah. and a 75 percent field goal kicker which also bottom of the league um you know multiple times he had an opportunity to kind of put a game away by nailing an inside in in in, in indoor stadium 50-yard field goal, which guys like uh the Eagles Elliott and was it who's the other uh kicker that's like perfect from 58 plus? Um was, the guy in Cleveland, maybe? Sounds right. All I know is I saw a stat is Jake Elliott and one other kicker are four yeah. for four from 58 plus. And yep. you have Greg, the leg who is missing 53 yarders inside. He's missing extra points inside. Yeah, no, it's, uh, he's, I think an 86% extra point percentage or something. Yeah. I would say, please, please. It just, if anything, brings someone in to compete with him next year. The fact that they aren't even bringing people in to compete with Greg Joseph is mind-boggling. Makes no sense. So my number three is Greg because, thankfully, there has not been any games this season that has outright cost us a, a win because of him. But there's definitely, you know, games in which he could have made the win more comfortably if he just did his job. He's five for 10 from kicks 40 or longer. That's that's horrible. (laughs) Horrible. 50%. And again, probably most of those are coming inside. You're not going against wind. You're not going against like a weird, you know, grass, mud, anything. Like you're inside on turf. Number two. Hayes, we'll go back to you just to keep Andrew on his feet. Mm Mm-hmm. This was tough. I was kind of throwing names back and forth. It was tough. My final two are tough. I knew who I had at number one. I think so, too. I, I bet it might be unanimous. But unanimous. I decided to throw this guy out here. KJ Osborne. Yes. Go ahead. He's been a bum. Yep. KJ Osborne. He, like, we thought he was going to be possibly the wide receiver, two, And I don't even think he's the wide receiver, four. Dude, Hayes is spitting facts today. Minus Kevin O'Connell, I 1,000% agree with you. Like, he's just – he's not good. He is this 
he's not even a returner. I don't know if he'll have a job next season. Like his numbers are bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I a hundred percent agree. I had KJ Osborne as my number two, because again, the expect the, the thought, the belief Thielen's gone. He's going to, he's going to be your wide receiver too. Obviously I think, you know, Hawkinson is going to regardless get more targets and yards, but clear your wide receiver too. And I made the same comment. JJ hasn't played in almost two months now. He's not even currently your wide receiver too. At this point, Brandon Powell is your wide receiver too. You have Addison as one in the month of November. Powell has doubled the receptions and doubled the yards. Yeah. Um, and that that is, I know you're dealing with Dobbs and a rookie or a, 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 an inexperienced quarterback, but I feel like it's his inability to just get open. He's obviously a good uh, good pass protector. Like he's he's a solid blocker. But and he doesn't have terrible hands. He definitely doesn't have good hands, but he doesn't have terrible hands. He just must be unable to get open because he's not he doesn't even get targets. No. I mean, there's weeks where he's not even getting the ball thrown to him, and Dobbs is throwing it 25 plus times. Yeah. So yeah. Huge, huge disappointment. You were hoping, I mean, I'm sure I can't remember specifically what you guys predicted for him, but I wouldn't have been surprised if, you know. I think it was probably between 800 and a thousand yards was the idea. Probably. And I mean, I think he's currently Will he get 500. At, I don't maybe 500. I mean, he's on pace for a career low and like his yeah. he's right in that 600, like, and you, you look at it 600 yards for a receiver who plays pretty much every game Yeah, is what 40 yards a game. If that, if that even it's horrible. So no, I, I, in terms of expectations, not even close to meeting them. 35 yards per game is a 600 yard receiver. Uh, and that's what, and he's on pace for under that. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's just, and I'm sure he's a nice guy. Locker room guy seems again, seems awesome, but Four years, KJ. Thank you very much. We'll never, yeah. ever see you again. Might not even ever see you as a football player again. So, Andrew, um, who do you got? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, my last two are both my dreadlock kings. Um, I bought a KJ Osborne jersey about a year and a half ago. Probably the worst purchase. Luckily, it was about $35 and not 100 But it might be worse than Hayes's. Um, triple XL, Daniel Hunter. Oh, it's you couldn't uh, give me $35 to take that Osborne jersey. Um, but yeah, Osborne falls at number two, like you guys talked about. Um, doesn't really do much, can't create separation, it's not fast. He's a good blocker, but he's also a wide receiver. So, Which, yeah, I was about to say, should, uh, it's everyone's dream. Your wide receiver, your potential wide receiver, too, is a really good blocker. Yeah. If he gained about 15 pounds, he'd be a tight end and uh, probably make more money doing that. But no, unfortunately, um, KG Osborne, yeah, is number two. He just does not do anything at all, ever. And Brandon Powell is miles ahead of him. I even like Jalen. I'd rather see Jalen either get snaps now because we know what we have in Osborne. Um, It's time to, yeah, move on. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Yeah, and I'm I'm guessing with Andrew's little uh, clue that we will all have the same least impactful, most disappointing, biggest bum Viking at number one with starting running back Alexander Madison. 
right? Yes. Yes. Um, huge, huge, huge disappointment. So there have been only 14 running backs that have um, touched the ball 150 times or more. Madison is one of them. And only four guys have a worse yards per carry than Madison at 3.8. Do you know who those three guys are? In the NFL. In the NFL this season, there are three are starting running backs. Yep, because it's, it's three guys who have 150 or more touches. Okay. So I want to give starting running backs. There's three in the NFL. And I will say, you know, none of, I think, are better, or I'm sorry, worse than Madison. I think I still think Madison's the worst out of these the, the, the four total. But I'm curious if you guys can guess yards per carry. They it's it's smaller than 3.8. Who, who are the guys? Any guesses? Kenneth Walker. Nope. Yeah. No. That was a terrible guess. Uh, I had him on fantasy. That's why I traded him. He's a joke. Andrew, I feel like you're typically good at this. I don't know. Ramondre Stevenson? Nope. Um, what division? We got a AFC yeah. South running back. Uh, did, uh, Travis Etienne. Yes. Really? Oh, 3.7. However, I also look like, so, you know, barely under Madison's 3.8. But ETN also has seven rushing touchdowns to Madison's zero. And ETN has zero fumbles all season to Madison's two. Yeah. I'm sure he has a lot more receiving yards, too. Yeah, I'm sure. I was more just looking at, 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 at um, rushing yards and rushing numbers. Uh, the next one is Josh Jacobs of... Yeah. Uh, the Raiders, 3.5 per touch, um, but also 60 rushing touchdowns and way more like big plays than Madison. 60? Sorry, six. 60 rushing six. touchdowns? Six. Oh my gosh. Six rushing touchdowns. And then the last one was Bucks. Rashad White has 3.6. Uh, granted, though, he's a fourth, fifth round uh, running back on a, you know, bad offensive Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So um, with that being said, obviously ETN and Jacobs provides way more than Madison does, despite having a lower yards per carry, which just means Madison is statistically, Hayes, you'll love this, probably the worst running, worst starting running back in the NFL. You didn't even have to give me the statistics. I already knew it. No, you didn't because you just say things without knowing them, without any backup. Um, and I would say, you know, I still don't forgive him for the fumble against the Broncos. I looked up again because I wanted to know at what point, like, where were we? We were inside the 40, mm-hmm. up by one score to start the fourth quarter. You could have been up by two scores with probably 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Even if you got a field goal, you're up by two scores with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And he fumbled the football. Yeah. So a bum. Big time bum. Big time bum. He's a trade I want for sure next year. Two-year contract, get him out. I don't even think you could trade. I don't think you get anything for it. Fifth round pick? I think, I think you'd have to give them no. a pick to take him. <laughs> Just cut him. I think you might have to cut money. him. Yeah. Not worth, I think, $4 million. <laughs> He's not even just worth the anxiety. Yeah. No, it's it's sad. It's because again, again, I don't think anybody on our team are are, are unlikable guys. 
but some are just bad football players and should not be starting. And he's one of them. Yes. So, um, all right. This is uh, going to be a longer episode here because we've got top five impactful, positive stud Vikings. So um, number five, I'll start. Can you go first to worst, actually? Nope. What? No, we'll go because it's always fun to finish with your, you know, who you thought your most impactful one was. Andrew's not prepared. He's not. No, prepared. I am. Not. My number five might be a spicy bite slash hot take. I'm going to say Justin Jefferson is still, despite not playing in two months, the fifth most impactful Viking on this roster. Mm-hmm. He shows up to every game. He's on the sidelines. He's listening to the offensive play calls. He's involved. Um, this, again, despite not playing in two months, he still would be the current leading receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Um, and, you know, when he is in the game, he's a difference maker. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if he went AWOL, if he went missing, we're recording this now before the Raiders, but if he doesn't play against the Raiders and the Bengals, I maybe would take this part out. But he is, you know, he... He's just incredibly important to this team, whether he's playing on the field or not on the field. So my number five is JJ, despite again, only playing five games all year. I don't hate it, but my number five is Jordan Hicks. I had no expectations for him. I actually didn't want him back, but despite being what's considered an old linebacker, he's having the best season in six years. Um, Tough to see the injury because I think he would have just continued to play. Well, I think he would have probably made a pro bowl. Um, so yeah, he, he's been great, and he's had some big games where he's been the leader on the defense. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas, Hayes. Nope. <laughs> That'd be Hicks the most jersey. useless useless jersey, because I don't see him coming back next year. You know. But, all right, Hayes, I like that one, for sure. Bub? Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, my number five is uh, Mr. Kirk Cousins. Um. Maybe the last time we ever see him play as a Viking, but he was obviously making the largest impact on the team before he was injured. And he'd be higher up if he wasn't injured right now, obviously, but uh, still at five. We'll probably be at five at the end of the season. Very impactful. Love him. Good Christian man. He deserves uh, a lot of money. Should the Vikings pay him $35 million? Absolutely not. Sure. They want. This is an off season, off season topic, but all right. Solid. Solid I think you should yeah, you should make O'Connor and Cousins your long term option for as long as you can. All right. Yeah, if you're cool with nine eight. If you guys are cool with that, that's I'm down. This is not again, not the place to talk about a a Kirk Cousins contract negotiation when we're almost an hour into an episode. Yeah, no. Um uh, number four, I have Christian Derasa. Again, I believe we had him pretty high last year. I know Hayes hates him because he missed a single game this year, um, but he continues to be, you know, one of the best tackles in the NFL. Um, you know, he plays clean football, good football. He went against uh, who was. I'm trying to think some of the defensive line guys that he kind of just like shut down. Um, Nick Bosa. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, you know, first round pick that 
obviously he'll be probably getting paid soon here. Um, I would agree. I think it was, you know, to start his NFL career, he did seem kind of injury prone. And I think if the groin injury would have been more than a single game, I would feel your frustration. But if you have a, you know, a, uh, that good of a tackle, uh, that high caliber caliber of a tackle, and he misses one or two games a year, I'll take it, especially since we've been plagued with bad offensive linemen for years. So my number four, C-Money, Christian Derrissaw. My number four is TJ Hawkinson. Uh, came into the years probably considered top three tight end, continues to put up top three tight end numbers. He late in the season, you know, is top five, I think, in receptions. Not for tight ends in the league, which I think is really impressive considering he's had Jaron Hall and Josh Dobbs thrown to him in the last six weeks. Um, yeah, you know, he, he's not making the big plays, I guess, he, he was last year. Um, but I still think he's been playing really good football, so. He is too low, in my opinion, on that on that list. I have a much higher. Really? Really, really. I agree. My number four is Josh Metellus. Uh, he has the most pressures out of any safety in the league. Ooh, I like that stat. Um, uh, but I think Flores uses him in a very fun way. A lot of blitzes. He's obviously fast. He's a good tackler. Um, has a couple picks. Had that one against Green Bay. That was a very good play. Um, but I feel like he's been next to Daniel, the most consistent player on the defense. Yeah, Hicks was playing great, but he's obviously hurt now. Um, but I think Metellus is was fun Kurt. to watch. I wasn't crapping on it. I was just saying. Um, but no, Metellus has been fun to watch. And uh, yeah, that's why he's number four. I agree. I don't know if you like. No, that's a, that's a great one, bub. I Metellus has been awesome. And again, I, I love when late round draft picks are now becoming like studs, um, studs on the team. So, uh, let's see. Number three here. I have rookie. <laughs> I don't even know if that was legible. I could not read. No, I can either. Andrew's once again, using the chat. There's only a way to, uh, limit his chat use but number three i got first round rookie jordan addison he had to step up big when jj went down you know he definitely did at the start he's kind of slowed down since you know the offense as a whole has slowed down um but he still is undoubtedly you know your wide receiver one while jj's gone he's definitely your wide receiver two at this point um, in terms of rookies, you know, he's the second, in terms of rookie receivers, he's the second best rookie receiver in the NFL behind Shuka from, of, of the Rams and similar to, you know, JJ's 2001 season, Puka gets a bajillion targets a game. So yeah, he's going to have more receptions and more yards than Addison, who is not getting 10 double digit targets a game. You call him Puka? What's his name? Puka. Puka Nakua. Yeah, Puka. Nope, not Puke. <laughs> Puka. But uh, Addison has doubled the touchdowns to Puka. And. That's his name. 
30 fewer targets with 20 fewer receptions and 300 fewer yards. So, you know, Puke is just getting the ball way more than Jordan Addison. Yes. 300 <laughs> fewer yards. Because he's getting 30 more targets. So, nonetheless, Addison, you know, top five rookie offensive uh, players in the NFL this season. And number three, impactful Viking. Uh, wrong, but uh, my number three is Darisaw. Um, spoiler, don't got Addison even on this list. Just wow. took him off, actually. Um, <laughs> you know, I just, I'm not, Addison's been good, but look at his numbers recently. They have not been good. So, um, But again, look at the entire offense as a whole recently. But, but, but he, I thought Kevin was doing such a good job with, with Josh Dobbs. He was. It's Josh Dobbs that's not doing a good job. Okay. So Kevin O'Connell's doing good with Dobbs, but Dobbs sucks, but Addison's good despite Dobbs. It's confusing me, guys. Sorry, I can't understand it. Uh, Saw, though, is, I think, probably a top three left tackle in football. Um, and the Vikings should, without a doubt, extend him. Wow. So you no longer hate Derisaw because of the single miss game with the groin. I hope he doesn't. I, I hope he starts becoming made of steel and not glass. But um, his first couple seasons, he was made of glass. He seems to be getting a little stronger, which is good. Yep. So your number three is Derisaw. Solid choice. I'm still shocked processing how uh, Addison's not on your list, but that's fine. Uh, Bob, what he got? Um, my number three is Addison. Great and selection. I think, yeah, me and you, Harrison, will have a similar top three. Maybe the exact same. I'm guessing the exact same. But um, yeah, probably. Yes, Addison, you should be thanking God right now that the Chargers didn't take Addison. Then we would have likely took uh, Quentin Johnson because Quentin Johnson is absolute booty cheeks. But Addison leads the team in uh, touchdowns. Uh, touchdowns. He makes winning plays. I think we really saw him explode after <laughs> after Jefferson got hurt. But just imagine him, Jefferson, and Kirk all in midseason form. It would have been beautiful to see. And uh, I feel that pain knowing I'll, I may never see that. But Addison is, um, I think he's exceeded expectations, even though he was a first round pick. Um, and yeah, he, I think he's more impactful than some of the guys you listed Hayes, but I kind of <laughs> forgot about Darisaw, but that, that that's a good choice, but Darisaw is not on my list. He's on Madison's on pace for almost a thousand yards. Um, which besides Justin Jefferson, we have not had, um, since from Randy a rookie Moss. in. Yeah. Yeah. Probably since Randy Moss. Did Harvin get it? No. So, you know, I would agree with Andrew in the sense that despite being a first round um, pick, I think he's surpassed or he's exceeded expectations. We'll obviously see how the season ends, but 12 games into the season, you know, some people uh, were saying, you know, he might not pan out because he's too small or obviously had the speeding issue during training camp and, um, you know, he might be injury prone because, again, of his size. And he's averaging, you know, 65 yards a game, which, again, it's not amazing, but compared to other rookie receivers currently, like, you know, could make for a very, very solid wide receiver, too. 
Number two, again, I think Andrew and I are going to be right on. I got TJ Hawkinson. So I was surprised that he was your number four, Hayes, because I would agree, despite the slow start, you listed all the numbers where he's the best receiving tight end in NFL, both in terms of receptions, yards, up there in touchdowns. Um, and, yeah, he, he has better receiving numbers than many other wide receivers. Um, yeah. Old man Thielen despite being the wide receiver one with Carolina doesn't have anywhere near the number of, of yards and has way more targets than uh, TJ Hawkinson. So um, yeah, I think, I, I think in terms of tight end salary, 18 million is absurd, but considering that's probably what the market will go moving forward. I think he's worth it in that regard. Similar how, you know, people are saying Kirk Cousins is not worth whatever that big time contract we gave him at the start, but that's what the going rate was going to be. So you had to pay it. Um, and I I would say that, yeah, with TJ Hawkinson, since that's going to be the going rate, you have to pay it. And he's been worth it now this season. I think he is very, very good just in terms of a tight end. And yeah, he's top 20 in, in receiving yards in the entire NFL. Yeah. So he is my number two more yards than Deandre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, uh, Jalen Waddle, scary Terry. He is no longer scary. Terry. He's just Terry. (laughs) Andrew, you, you chime in since we know your number two is TJ. Anything I left out? Forgot. No, (laughs) no. Good. He has beautiful hair. Metellus because of the same reasons Andrew gave. Two. I I didn't really have two any. Two is high. Tell us. Two is two really is, high. Two is really high. Two is really high. Uh, okay. Especially when um, I didn't really have expectations for Metellus, six round pick a couple years ago, but he's been one of the best safeties in the league, um, and he fits perfectly into what Brian Flores is trying to do. So last but not least, looking unanimous. Yep. We all got Danieli Hunter. Denial. Yes. Hayes, you should put on your triple XL Danieli Hunter jersey right now. No, and do it's the skull chant, hanging, yep. collecting dust, on and the wave wall. the flag. I don't have a flag. Um, Andrew's yeah. Judd, I thought. Yeah, Hayes is Declan. Hayes, Hayes you even kind of dress like Declan. Who is? I said Hayes kind of dresses like Declan too. Hayes just can't grow the same facial hair as Declan. Harrison's Declan so filled. Ten years older than I am. I know I'm Phil. I hate it, but I'd rather be Phil than Judd. I'd way rather be Judd. Ugh, no. Um, he has a flag. What? He's better than Phil. Phil is so annoying. Okay, we don't have to roast him. Okay. <laughs> They're a good podcast. I like them. I listen to them a lot. Actually, yeah, more they, they make great. They make great content. Just weird takes at times. I actually agree with them a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, Daniel Hunter, he continues to get the disrespect that his name is not even considered for defensive player of the year is absurd. Third or he, 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 up until yesterday, he led the NFL in sacks. He's now a sack and a half back from, um, Khalil Mack, whose name is also not even being considered for defensive player of the year. They're talking about miles Garrett, who sits at fourth. And uh, TJ Watt, who's second in sacks. But Daniil also leads the league in tackles for loss. 
So he's not only getting to the quarterback, but he's everywhere. Um, and he leads the NFL in fumbles forced. So how is a guy who leads the NFL in two of three, you know, defensive categories, not even being considered, not even being talked about for defensive player of the year? How How is that? It's tough. Tell me, I, tell me, his, how is that? I think TJ Watt is going to win defensive player of the year. I, 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 I think there's more that goes into sacks, forced fumbles, and tackles for losses when it comes yeah. to defensive player of the year. Give me an example. Like what else? Uh, he can play. He can play in coverage a lot better than Daniel can. Like, I think he also yeah. rushes better than Daniel can. His hurries are a lot higher than Daniel's. He also plays for a. Oh, someone gets this guy a TJ Watt jersey. Holy cow! If it's not as big as the Daniel one, I'd probably wear it more often. Yeah, he'd probably oh. request like an extra small or something. I don't know. I think Daniel is not getting respect. I think he should be third right now in defensive player of the year. Um, and I think he's the best defensive player in the NFC this year. All right. Yeah. I just, yeah, the Miles Garrett hype is insane. Daniel has more sacks, six more tackles for loss, more double, double the overall tackles. Yeah. And double, I guess they have the same number of fumbles forced. Um, but yeah. Also, when you watch, like, I feel like last week, especially like when you watch it, Daniel isn't there like every play, especially runs. Like, he's behind the line of scrimmage as fast as he can be. Yeah. No, it's but, uh, it'd be nice for him. He is a, I believe, a sack, sack away from tying his career high, and we have six games to go. Um, you know, he's he's putting up the best defensive end, defensive tackle, whatever numbers since Jared Allen. Yeah. Uh, from a from a Viking franchise perspective, so, um, you know, he's definitely someone that I was saying is it worth the money at this point. Yeah, if you can make it work, give him a three-year deal. I mean, he is explosive. I mean, he's 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 our number one impactful Viking this uh, you know twelve games into the season. Yeah, and we're all I on agree. the same page unanimously. Yeah. Oh yeah, I agree, hundred percent. So, all right, good stuff. Kind of all on the same page. We'll do a Raiders pregame in a couple days here, but we'll get this out. Final things. You guys are going to say no? Yeah. I don't got nothing. This is Meet at the Quarterback, Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. I'm Andrew. Skull Vikes.